Welcome. Uh, welcome once again to our live stream for our life group hour this week. And this is what we uh, are referring to as our round table uh, with the pastors. And uh, obviously, Pastor Lejeune's here. Good morning. Pastor, Pastor Morales here with you. And uh, we're so glad that you tuned in to see us and to uh, see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. And uh, we have an uh, interesting topic to discuss this morning. And Pastor and I met this past week, and we were trying to figure out what would be the, the, the most important topic to discuss with our, our church folks today. And we came up with a topic, why do we go to church? Obviously, during this time, Pastor, uh, no one is necessarily going to church, uh, but it's pretty important uh, when we're able to attend church again to discuss why do we even go to church. And so we're going to talk about that, Pastor, but before we do, can we have a quick word of prayer? Let's pray to you. All right, so let's pray, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you, and Lord, we do thank you for uh, the uh, medium of uh, technology, Lord, to be able to connect with uh, the folks, Lord, who call White Oak Baptist Church their home, and Lord, for many others who may be tuning in as well, we just pray, dear Father, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us, Lord, that you would be glorified, you would be honored. Lord, teach us something today, Lord, that will help us, and Lord, we pray that you would bring, uh, breathe life, Lord, into the folks uh, that are going through this pandemic, and Lord, this sheltered at home this quarantine time, we pray, Father, that you would encourage our hearts. We love you, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, so we have a uh, verse of Scripture here that I'd like to read for us before we get into the topic of why should we go to church or why do we go to church. And it's found in Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. We're going to begin reading in verse number 25 and read down to verse number 29. And for those of you that are familiar with the Bible, you know that this is a passage that talks about the relationship between a husband and a wife uh, in comparison to a, the relationship of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. And so let's begin reading in Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 25. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. And Pastor, you and I were talking right before we started streaming this morning that this is a passage, and you mentioned that in most of the time, Preachers and Bible teachers, when they use this passage, they speak of the relationship between the husband and the wife, which obviously is referred to here. But there's an even more important relationship that's talked about in this passage. Talk to us about, about that a little bit. That's right. No, um, a lot of people question whether or not church is important, mm-hmm. whether or not they should go to church. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bible couldn't be more clear that Christ is passionate about the church. Amen. And so the husband is to be passionate toward his wife the way that Christ is passionate toward the church. So the, the point of Ephesians 5, 25 through 29, while you can talk about husbands and wives, mm-hmm. and while it's appropriate to talk about husbands and wives, this is more a passage to show us just how much he is the gold standard. Amen. How much that Christ loves us and has given himself for the church. So Amen. I was standing in line waiting to get in Walmart uh, earlier this week to purchase some things for the church, and uh, I had a 35-minute wait. 
and I waited behind a couple of ladies, and they said, we're spiritual, but we don't go to church. <laughs> Have you heard that before? Oh, yes, absolutely, yes. We believe in God, or we, we're saved, and we know the Lord Jesus, but we worship at home. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard all those kinds of statements in, in my Christian life. Right, so the, I guess the, the first question is, should I go to church? Sure, sure. And the answer to that is a resounding Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. The, the passage teaches us that the Lord, that God, loves the church, the people of the church, so much so that he gave himself. He spared no expense uh, to make sure that the institution of the church uh, is something that, that uh, not only we have, uh, but we value. It, it is so, so important. And, and Pastor, I, and we're going to get into these questions here in just a minute, but... I want to share something that you and I have discussed. Uh, recently, we've been with this quarantine time, with this sheltered-in-place type uh, situation. Uh, we've gone out of our way to call a little bit more than, than we have in the past, call our, our church folk. Uh, and, and yesterday, I made some of those calls. And, and even before yesterday, in communication with some of our church folk, one of the things that I hear most, uh, just about everyone is saying, I cannot wait till the church doors open again. I cannot wait to get back into church. And we talked about this earlier, right? They, they, they don't deem, I say they, the government or the officials, don't deem necessarily that church is essential. Oh, but it is. It's so essential, right, Pastor? Oh, it is essential. Oh, wow. It is, it is very essential. And the spiritual health of, uh, of, of, of America at large, of us humans at large, God intended the church to be that yeah. recharge station. Amen. We plug our electronic devices in at the end of the day, and, and they, they get a full battery when we wake up. And I, I know when I show up at church, I could be having a terrible week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I show up at church, and just being around a couple of hundred other believers, yeah. that energy, it Amen. pumps me up. Amen. Amen. Church is essential. And by way of the conversations that I've had, it's proven yet again uh, that we need church. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the reasons why uh, people go to church, uh, some of the good reasons, and some not-so-good reasons. Uh, And then we're going to talk about the biblical reasons why we should go to church. God made it very clear in Genesis chapter number 2 that it is not good that man should be alone. Again, we know that that's talking about the marriage uh, relationship, but at the same time, it does apply to just social life in general. It's not good for any human being to try to go it alone. Uh, we're not made, uh, we're not wired that way, uh, we're not constructed in a way to where we can be a lone ranger. Uh, it's just not the way we're, we're made to, to be. Uh, specifically, if we are, I thought about this this morning as I was preparing to get to come to church today, I thought, you know, if a person is a lone ranger type uh, of mentality, you know, I don't need, I'm a loner, I don't need any, anyone to do anything with for me, with me, I can, you know, live by myself. If that person finds themselves in an emergency situation, uh, maybe there's a fire in their home and they're trapped, or maybe there's some accident where they're stuck somewhere, uh, I guarantee you the first thing they're trying to do is find someone yes. to help them. That Lone Ranger mentality disappears real fast. Real quickly. Yeah. And so we can only be Lone Rangers for a certain amount of time. We have to have socialization. We have to have fellowship. So let's get into the questions that we're going to look at this morning. The first question, Pastor, that you and I uh, thought would be a good one is, what are some bad reasons, some bad reasons that people go to church? And we're going to have a little bit of fun with this, but 
uh, you're going to see that uh, we're being sincere, we're being genuine, even though some of them are funny. Yeah, no, so there are, uh, there are a number of reasons why people show up at church. Sure. And being that I have attended church faithfully for 36 years, I've probably been guilty of some of these uh, <laughs> along the way. But mm-hmm. I just want to say up front before we give any of these answers, mm-hmm. even if people show up for the wrong reason, the yes. fact that they're at church is good. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, uh, amen. If your motive is bad, eventually you're going to fall off. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, or, not, or you're going to get it right. Or you're going to get it right. Amen. So one of those two w- will happen. And so uh, let's look at a few of the bad reasons <laughs> why people show up at church. The first one that we put down here was um, carnal people who show up to church with very little spiritual interest, uh-huh. and they show up just for the purpose of looking for a spouse. Just to find a wife or a husband. And I've, I've seen people like this. Uh, I have run across people like this. And, you know, we've talked about it. Um, obviously, that's not a bad uh, thing to do as far as trying to find a spiritual person to marry. But at the same time, that's not a genuine reason to go to church because church is not just for that church is not only uh, to 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 meet uh, other people it's obviously the primary goal is to worship god yeah. to get grow closer to the lord right. uh to obey his command to follow his leading and to to uh, honor him and finding a spouse should just be the byproduct byproduct yes in all fairness yes. Total, uh, as a as a disclosure I met Angela in a church auditorium. Of course. And of course. so uh, Mike and Christine Roberts, who are uh-huh. members here, they met at this church. At this church. Attending this church. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with And they got married at this church. They got married at this Amen. church. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with finding your spouse at church. Absolutely. But if you have very little heart for the things of God, and you're just looking for you know a, a cleaned-up Christian girl or guy, uh-huh. and you show up at church, you get married, and then you drop off the map, that's yeah, a problem. That's not the right motive to right. attend church. Uh, and so that would be one of the reasons we say, okay, some people only come to church. And we say only, okay, we're emphasizing they're only coming for that one reason and that one reason only. That would be a bad reason to go to church, okay? Uh, another one of the bad reasons we have here is, well, I was forced or I am forced to go to church. And when you hear this, you may think of children. Yes. And no doubt that applies. Yes. Where children feel like mom and dad are those forcing are, them in the car. Those are what we call the drug babies. The dr- That's right. <laughs> they're, they're, Explain they're, that for us, Pastor Yes, Ross. the drug babies are, uh, I'm drugged to church on Sunday morning, drugged to church on Sunday night, drugged to church on Wednesday night. Those are the drug babies. The drug, they're drugged to church. I've met some husbands that are drug babies. Yes. Where they're yes. drugged to church once yes. a week, and they're only there to appease the spouse, yes. the wife. And vice versa. Sure. In some cases. In some cases. It's usually Generally it's the other way around. Or the husband's yeah. getting drugged to church. Uh, but there are no doubt people who only attend church because there's a lot of pressure put on them where they are just yeah. forced yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. And this isn't good. Now, thankfully, <clears throat> here at White Oak Baptist Church, we strive to have a strong children's ministry mm-hmm. and teen ministry. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a plug here, if you're watching this, we have posted our children's video uh, on YouTube and our teen video on YouTube, and so um, your children and teenagers can watch those services to help them out. But uh, no doubt there are people who only come to church because they're forced to go. And the yeah. next reason why we put down uh-huh. is some people, the only reason why they attend church is because of habit. Yes, they, this is what we've always done. I've always gone to the Baptist church. 
I've always my my mom and dad went to the Baptist church or to the church, and uh, we we've I went to church all my life. This is what I do. I'm just used to this. This is this is the habit. And again, that's not a bad habit. It's a good habit. That's a yeah. great habit. That's a fantastic habit. Uh, but is that the only reason that you're going to church it's, out of habit? It's this. It's Sunday morning. I get up. I get dressed. I go to church. And listen, sometimes if you could do this long enough, that might be the only reason why you show sure. up. And again, you're going, and that's great. Sure. But if that's your only motive is mm-hmm. just to go out of habit, you're either going to change your motive or you're going to quit coming. That's right. The thing is, the, the people who go out of habit, it's, it's the old illustration of punching the spiritual clock. Yeah. I'm doing my spiritual duty. I'm putting in my spiritual time. I'm giving God his one hour or my one hour or two hours, whatever the case may be. That's it. That's all he's getting. That I'm done. I, I go back to living for me. And that's the mentality. That's why it's not good for that to be the main reason or the only reason that we go to church. Again, these are... Uh, they're not bad in and of themselves. They're bad if that's the only reason or if the motive is only for this reason. Then that's when they become bad. Let's yeah, look at the next you, one. You, okay, go ahead. Well, you end, up, you end up with people who are really spiritual on Sunday and really carnal on Monday. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's not, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. All right, the next one we have here, Pastor, is um, power grab. Power grab. Now oh, We've seen this, haven't we? Oh, we certainly have. People who like to be in charge, people who like to be uh, the leaders, people who like position, they like power, prominence, prominence. they like their name to be said uh, publicly. They, and again, we all uh, lean in this direction because we're all selfish and carnal and, and fleshly uh, and sinners, but nonetheless, there are some people where they're, they're controlled by this. You know, they go to get the position, to get the life group class, to to be able to be on the platform, to have their name in the bulletin. To, uh, and there are people that do this. To be recognized in a service. To be recognized, have their name said yeah, from the pulpit. They want to sing in church. So they can yes. be patted on the back and told how yes. wonderful they did. Yes. Yeah. And we've all seen people like that. Yeah. Uh, and if that's our reason, if that's our motive for attending church, that's a bad motive. That's a, that's a wrong motive. Uh, we're thankful and blessed here at White Oak Baptist Church that God has given us uh, deacons and I believe it's been this way through the duration of the church, but deacons who are uh, true biblical deacons. Mm-hmm. They're spirit-filled, spirit-led soul winners mm-hmm. who care about you know, helping the pastor serve the people. Amen. But you and I both have been in churches where yeah. the deacon board was power-hungry, yeah. uh, grabbing at power, and trying to control the pastor. I, I refer to them as the demon board. Um, anyway, <laughs> the demon the board. Demon board. <laughs> <laughs> but that comes from power-grabbing. Yes, yes, when... The deacons, uh, those men, and, and, and listen, folks, we have to remember, okay, the church of the living God is exactly that. It's God's church. It's not Pastor Lejeune's church. That's right. It's not Pastor Morales' church. It's not the deacon's church. Uh, it's not anybody's church uh, who has been here from day one. Uh, a lot of times people, and, and I get this, I understand this human tendency I've been here for 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, I've contributed to every building program. Uh, I've participated in soul winning. I've taught classes. I've done this. I've done that. Uh, I've contributed so much of my life that it feels like this is mine. I own this. And, and it's good to have an ownership mentality. It's not good to act as if it belongs to you. Controlling. Controlling. Yeah. It, it's, we are, God gives to us, we are stewards 
He's the owner. He owns everything. We are to steward uh, what he has allowed us to, to be in charge of. And that of. applies not only to the deacons, but also to pastors. To everyone. Because we've seen pastors also absolutely controlling Absolutely. As well. it, so. It's an extreme position either way. What's the next one we got here? We have soothes. Uh, it, bad reasons <laughs> why people go to church. It soothes their conscience. Yes. And a lot of people feel like, uh, well, if I go to church, you know, I'll, I'll have favor with God. Or if I go to church, you know, God will bless me. I, I think this comes from a Catholic background mentality, yeah. not to pick on the Catholic Church per se, no. but I, I can I can live like the devil all week long, show up and confess my sins and and pay my penance, yeah. uh, do yeah. my hail marys, and yeah. and then I'm I'm off clean and I can go back and live how I want. Yeah. And showing up to church almost is a is a uh, a, a counterbalance to a mm. sinful lifestyle. Yeah. And 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 you know they're right in. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, as 1 John 1, 9 says. So the principle behind that is accurate. But again, what is the motive? What is the motive? If I, am I just trying to clean my slate for the next week so I can go and enjoy what I want? Or am I truly, sincerely desiring to please him, yeah. to honor him? Uh, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I am sincerely repentant. I, I have contrition in my heart. Uh, I have a, a, an attitude of, uh, I don't want to displease my Heavenly Father. Yeah. That's the attitude, not just, well, I feel bad, I feel bad, I feel bad, and that's good, but that feeling bad should turn into, Lord, how can I please you better, more? I think it's important to add here that we don't trade with God. We don't trade acts of righteousness yeah. so that we can go forth and have acts Amen. of unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. That's important. That's true, and that leads into the next bad reason why people go to church, and that's to earn favor with God for salvation. Wow. This is prominent. This is prominent in our, in our society. Uh, people feel like, well, you know, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've gone to church, and I've done this. And they almost use that as a laundry list to show to God, hey, look how good I've been. Yeah. Uh, look all that I've done. Uh, and, and we know that Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, uh, for not by works of righteousness, or Titus 3, 5, yeah, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. It's not by works of righteousness. It's by his mercy that we're saved. Uh, and for by grace are you saved. I'll get the verses right here. <laughs> for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's not of what we do. It's all of what he has done. Amen. You, you don't. You, the, the old adage is that if you sleep in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. That's right. And if you go to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. That's right. Amen. So you you can never walk in church and, and still go to heaven. Never That's walk it. in a church building and still go to heaven. But uh, we don't go to church so that God will let us into heaven one day. And the opposite is also true. You can go to church your entire life and not be saved. Right. And not go to heaven. Correct. Amen. Correct. So those are some bad reasons why people. Go to church. Let's look at some good reasons. Amen. By the good reasons. Go so we have this broken into three categories, Pastor Morales. Uh-huh. The bad reasons, the good reasons, and then uh, there will be some overlap here, but the biblical reasons Amen. why people Amen. want to go. So let's Amen. take a few minutes here, and uh, we've got about 25 minutes left, and, and look at some good reasons why people go to church. Mm-hmm. The first one uh, we, we wrote down here, and those of you that enjoy uh, our alliteration, when you put two alliterating preachers in the same room and have them prep notes... You know you're going to end up with some alliteration before Amen. you get out there. So Amen. the first one we wrote down was socializing. Socializing. The biblical word would be what? Fellowship. 
fellowship. But that doesn't start with an S. That's right. So we had to say socializing. We had to say socializing. <laughs> um, I uh, was listening to a podcast. I shared this with you earlier, uh-huh. but I was listening to a podcast on the way in, uh, a Christian podcast, and the um, uh, the point was made that Verizon is fielding twice as many voice calls, twice as many minutes of voice calls a day during this pandemic quarantine than they do every year on Mother's Day. So Verizon itself is fielding 800 million phone calls a day. And what does that point to? That points to the fact that we are social creatures. We need each other. We need each other. Yes, indeed. And and isn't that interesting that people are saying, man, I'm I'm alone. I'm away from who I'm used to being around. I got to call people. And we're, we're almost... It's almost like we're going back to what we used to do before texting and, and, and social media, uh, which, you know, even though it does connect, it's not the same connection. Correct. There's a tremendous difference in connecting with someone via, you know, words on a screen versus hearing their voice uh, versus uh, obviously the ideal would be to be in their presence, which is what we need to be in each other's presence eventually, uh, to be in each other's yeah. presence and, and fellowship with each other. We need that. Fellowship is so important. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 tells us that fellowship is a byproduct of being saved. Amen. And so for those who say, you know, I don't need church, I can do church on TV at home, we get right now there's extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. But under normal circumstances, I can do church at home, you know, I feed myself spiritually. Well, part of the reason why God gave us church was so that we would have the social aspect. Amen. And I have found through the years that you have two different types of people that show up to church on Sunday morning. Uh, you have those who who endure the preaching, right, and put and are there for the fellowship, sure. and then you have other people who endure the fellowship yes. and come for the preaching. <laughs> it seems to be one or the other. Uh, they don't like people, and people like this will generally walk in the door after the handshake time, yes, after yes, the yes. singing. Uh-huh. They show up right for the preaching, and they leave during the invitation. That's it. As soon as you, everyone bows their head, they're out. <laughs> then you have other people who are in the auditorium for the handshake time, and then when it comes to the sermon, conveniently, uh-huh. they need to use the restroom. Oh, yes. And then they wander the halls and find people That's to talk it. To. That's it. <laughs> you had the two extremes there. It's incredible. It's incredible. So fellowship, socializing, we all need it. Uh, let's keep it in perspective and let's apply it appropriately. Uh, the next one that we see here, Pastor, good reasons why people go to church is spiritual. We talk about socializing, spiritual nourishment, spiritual nourishment. Wow, do we need this big time in our lives? Uh, we need the preaching and the teaching Amen. of God's word. It is the meat. It is the bread. It is the nourishment for our spiritual, for our souls that we need uh, on a regular basis. And without our spiritual feeding, this is why people are tuning in. This is why people are saying, hey, I need it. I need to hear. They're hungry. They're hungry yeah. spiritually, right? Amen. Uh, you were going to read a verse here. It looks like 1 Corinthians one eighteen. I yeah, think. Yeah, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The power. We talked about the, the uh, recharging. You talked about charging our, our, our devices and getting that spiritual recharge. It's the power. The preaching of the Word. I'm all for teaching. Uh, we're all for, you know, discussions. We're all for roundtable. But the preaching, that we need preaching. We need the man of God to stand up with the Word of God and tell us what we need to hear. That's right. Tell us what we need to hear. And at times... It's vital. Yes, it's extremely vital. And at times, we're not going to want to hear it. 
just like a, a parent tells a child, you need to eat your vegetables. Okay? They don't want to hear that. They don't like the vegetables, but it's what they need. It's good for them. That's the same thing that preaching does for us spiritually. Somewhere right now there's a child eating breakfast, refusing to eat something on their plate while this is being watched. <laughs> eat your food, child. Eat your food. Um, the spiritual nourishment, how important that is. Amen. The next one we put down here was spiritual protection. Amen. Spiritual protection. And by this we mean going to church and being under a local New Testament body, being part of a body, protects us from... Uh, being tossed to and fro by every weight of uh, every wind of doctrine, uh, making sure that uh, we're we're grounded uh, in the truths, the Bible doctrines, mm-hmm. and uh, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And so, yes, can pastors maybe be a little off? None of us are perfect. Sure. Uh, none of us know this book perfectly. Uh, but what happens when we're part of a body? Uh, it it helps us to avoid. All the different uh, uh, voices that are out there, uh, especially now, you got the internet, uh, you got videos, you got so many different voices. Uh, we go to church and we hear the preaching of God's word, and that centralizes us, that calibrates us, and and keeps us thinking the right way, uh, learning and and knowing the the right doctrine. It protects I, us. I view church as an umbrella. Amen. And when I'm under that umbrella, I'm, I'm safe from the rainstorms of life. And uh, the rainstorms may scare me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, may, they may sound awful, yeah. but I'm under that umbrella. When I get away from church, I, what I find is that now all of a sudden I'm soaked by my problems. Yeah, sure. I heard someone say, why is it that uh, when, when hard times hit the lost, they run to church, but when hard times hit the saved, they run from church? Backwards. We can't do that. No, it's backwards. It, they, it seems as if the lost, the unsaved, know how to respond to the problems better than the saved, Yeah, which shouldn't be the case. And how many times as a pastor have you ran into someone at a Walmart or, or a grocery store and said, you know, hey, been missing you. I hope you're doing all right. Well, we're going through a hard time, and yeah. when things get better, we'll be back. And usually they're trying to avoid you. Yeah, yeah they are. You almost have to, you know... You always have to hunt them down. You hunt know? them down and act like you weren't. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So protection, not only uh, from bad doctrine, but also, as you mentioned, Pastor, uh, protection to help us through those hard times. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to the protection to help us walk through those valleys of life. Uh, help uh, us, the fellowship, the Word of God, helps us to make it through those difficulties uh, that we experience in life, one of which we're experiencing right now. Uh, the church fellowship is is a huge, huge help to protect us in that hey, regard. And let's add to that, mm-hmm. check up on each other. Uh, the pastors yeah. have been calling, uh, some of the church staff, uh, deacons, life group leaders have been calling. And if you are a life group leader, make sure you're calling your folks and following up with them. But listen, you don't have to hold a, a position at the church to follow up with people. Amen. Uh, you all reach out and check on each other. And let's be a family. Let's love on each other during this time. Let's make sure each other stays protected and don't let uh, one another fall off the map. That's, yeah. that's very important. Oh, on, on a side note, real quick, Pastor, I do want to commend uh, the church folk of White Oak. They have been really, really good. Uh, we've gone out of our way, been over backwards. Some folks are. Uh, when they hear of a need that another family may have, folks are, are not only giving, uh, they're purchasing items, they're delivering items. It's, it's just been really, really nice to see a white Oak Baptist Church family care for each other uh, in a situation like this. And, and we hope and pray that that keeps happening, that Amen. continues, even after uh, we're able to gather once again. 
the next uh, good reason that we have written down here why people attend church is to find a place to serve. Amen. That's a good. That's a good thing. No doubt, God has called us to to love one another. First Corinthians sixteen fifteen talks about a group of people who are addicted to the ministry. Amen. Addicted to the ministry. Now, I've met a lot of addicts in my life. Mm-hmm. At times, I've been addicted to some things. You sure. could say I have a coffee addiction. <laughs> um, uh, my my sports addiction is being tried right Amen. now. Amen. Right. Um, I'm thankful. For both of us. <laughs> yes. I'm thankful for church and the Bible and people. Uh, you and I both have had seasons of times where we've been away from church ministry yes. during our ministerial careers, yes. and that shows us how much we are addicted to Amen. ministry. There Amen. are literal physical withdrawals yes. that we go yes. through, but we are, you don't have to have gone to Bible college That's or right. have a degree from a seminary to, to serve the Lord in ministry. You don't have to receive a paycheck That's right. to serve the Lord in ministry. And uh, You were talking to Brother Mark Bonitonibus. Yes. On the phone yesterday, yes. he's going through some withdrawals. Right he is. Now. He is. He he says to me. He says, oh, yeah, I'm missing teaching, man. I'm missing teaching. I I can't wait to." And, and and of course, we tried to see if we're trying. We're working on. Y'all bear with us, okay? We're trying to work on some avenues to have the life group leaders be able to give a devotion or a challenge from the Word of God uh, via live stream or recorded video. Uh, and hopefully, we're able to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, but you you can sense uh, in, the passion in his in his voice. Man, I can't wait to be teaching the Word of God again. I can't wait to fellowship with you know God's people once again and and be able to communicate the truths of the Word of God. Uh, what an encouragement that is to us who uh, who are addicted to the ministry to see others that are also addicted to the ministry and and show that spiritual withdrawal, so to speak. And and it's important that we have that avenue of service. I would just encourage you if you have been attending here uh, and you're a member here. Uh, and you just come and sit on the pew week in and week out, when we get back to having church, find a way to get involved. Don't Amen. just sit and soak and sour. Amen. You, you need to serve. That's and right. So that's why God gave us the church. And if a church is only, uh, if, if the duties of the church are only carried out by the paid staff and the deacons, boy, our scope, our, our ability to reach out is very limited. Amen. We need volunteers to step up and do their part and, and help us. That's, uh, that's, that's key. That is important. And serving the Lord uh, by way of the local church, I believe that's God's intent. Amen. And uh, we need to avail ourselves of that. Well, we're doing well on time. We've got Amen. about 15 minutes to go here. Fantastic. Amen. Amen. I like it. And uh, I like how you alliterated the sits, soak, and sour. That was good. Sits, soak, uh, sour, sir. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's good. Uh, so now we're going to look at, we've looked at some of the bad reasons or bad motives, I guess we should say, of why people say, uh, I'm going to church to you know, find a wife, or I'm going to church because I feel obligated, or I have it, or whatever the case may be. We've looked at some good reasons. I'm going to church so I can socialize. I'm going to church so I can fellowship. I'm going to church so I can serve. Those are good reasons. Uh, now let's look at the Bible reasons why church is important. Bible reasons why we should go to church, and we should have a desire to go to church. The first one that Pastor and I talked about is the obvious one. Uh, Matthew 16:18. The Lord Jesus Christ said, "Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." And that's the promise, as we refer to commonly, uh, the promise of perpetuity. What's that mean? It's a fancy word that just means it'll always be here, forever. Uh, nothing can stop, nothing can hinder, nothing can close, per se, totally. Uh, the church. Of the living God. That verse in the scripture brings me as much peace Amen. as any verse in the Bible. Because Amen. we know that until Jesus comes back and raptures his church, 
there will be local assemblies. That's right. That's right. And if you go back to Ephesians 5, what does Christ do for the church? He cherishes it. He nourishes it. Amen. And so if we're doing our part and we're obedient and we're not having that candle light put out, we know God is going to take care of us. That's right. That's right. And, and no other institution, okay, we, we say this all the time, no other institution, whether it's government, God instituted government, uh, whether it's uh, uh, any other institution, family. Uh, family, amen, that was the other one, uh, family, God instituted family, uh, all these other institutions, none of them have this promise that they will be here forever. They'll always be assembling of Bible-believing, God-fearing, uh, God-loving people. They'll all, that'll always happen. No matter how the government changes, uh, no matter how the laws change, uh, no matter what pandemic happens, uh, no matter uh, what problem is happening in our world, no matter what war is going on, there will always be an assembly, according to God's word, there will always be local assemblies of God's people. And, you know, one thing it's important to add here is that we're not promised to have a building. That's right. We're not promised to have the freedom from government to worship. Uh, we're not promised to have all of the luxuries and conveniences that we have. But we are promised by God that the church will always be here. Amen. And you go to the other side of the world where Christians are persecuted. We understand persecution is part of Christianity. Yeah. Um, but um, our, we, we have to be careful, Pastor Morales, to mm-hmm. not assume that church is 5344 Main Street, Stratford, Connecticut. That's the property God has yeah. given this. Yeah. But yeah. if it's taken away, we still have a church. That's right. That's right. And, and you're right. That's a huge, tremendous point. Too many people uh, view church as the building. And that's one of the reasons why those folks that have been part of a church for 30, 40, 50 plus years, they feel like this is my pew or my chair or my classroom or my parking spot or, you know, my bathroom, whatever the case may be. You know, this is mine. And it's like, wait a second, hold on. Uh, The church is not the building. The church is not the properties. The church is not the furniture. The church is not the the decorations, the, that's not the church. That's just an avenue for the church to gather. And so we have to be very careful of that. And I've caught myself falling into that trap. Sure. Uh, I'm sure you have at some point as well. It's very easy to fall into the trap of the building, the room, uh, the spot. Uh, you, you know, we, we tend to get nostalgic, right? And uh, I go back to other ministries that I've been a part of, and I'm sure you've done this, and I see it has changed. I see certain rooms have been remodeled. I, I see uh, certain things are no longer around that were there that I was like, oh, I did this there, or I made a, a great decision for God there, or uh, I taught a class there, and that room's no longer there. Well, you know what? That's okay. Changes had to be made so yes. that the local church body could continue to grow, yes. be nourished, be fed, be taken care of. It's important for us to understand that. Yeah. A, a change will happen. And, uh, you know, this building that we're sitting in this morning, it wasn't always here, right? Uh, there was a point where they were meeting upstairs, right, in the fellowship Correct. hall. And yeah. that was the church auditorium. Well, that's no longer the church auditorium, even though some things happened in that room that were, that are tremendous high mark or high, uh, uh, high points in the life of some of the people that were there. Well, now it's transitioned to here. And who knows, in the future it may transition to a bigger room or some other property. We don't know. But at the end of the day, what's most important is the assembly of the people. That's right. That's what's most important. And that's what we're promised. Amen. 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 So we took the rest of these, and um, uh, we we had talked, going back to the beginning with Ephesians 5, 
we talked about how that um, uh, God parallels his love for the church for a husband's love for his wife. And in our meeting, we had discussed, uh, meeting preparing for this, we mm-hmm. had discussed how that the essentials in marriage are also the essentials for the church. Yeah. Why does God give us, uh, what does God expect out of us, rather, in marriage? Well, he expects provision. Amen. Provision. Uh, marriage brings about provision. The husband is able to take care of the wife's needs. Yes. And the wife is able to take care of the husband's needs. And that's yes. what church does for us. It provides for some basic needs that we have. Amen. When it comes to an atheist, I love to ask an atheist this question. When did you convert to atheism? Yeah. They always have an answer. Sure. Because we're not born believing there is no God. We're born believing there is a God. That's right. And then That's we right. have to make a mental choice to try Amen. to not believe in him. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. Amen. No so we, we are born spiritual beings. That's right. And we need that spiritual nourishment. And the church is a provision of that spiritual nourishment. First Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Amen. So we know that we need church yes. to give us the milk of God's word, Amen. to provide for those spiritual needs, those, those social aspects, that place to serve. Amen. So there's the provision. You want to take the next one? Yeah, the, and the next one we have written here is uh, another avenue that is uh, given to us by God in marriage is protection. Protection. Uh, the fact that uh, we are protecting one another uh, as a husband and as a wife, uh, as a couple in a relationship. We protect each other from uh, outside uh, influences and and outside relationships that could cause problems. There's that protective barrier. The husband protects the wife physically. Uh, The the wife protects the husband uh, emotionally. Uh, And so there's that protection. Well, God gives us that same aspect in our church relationships and in our church family. Uh, We're protected. God provides for us. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, let's go, uh, let me turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and read verse 25 for us real quickly. This protection is, uh, is important because it allows, when we get off track, we, we're fed a wrong doctrine. Yes, we, or, we talked about that earlier, amen. Right. Go ahead. All right, so, um, so we're in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. See here, choosing rather to suffer affliction. I'm trying to think. Is that is that 10:25? Okay, we should be in 10:25. No worries. I had a feeling. I just wanted to double check. All right, uh, Hebrews. Hey, I was mixing them up earlier. Okay, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, uh, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Uh, exhorting, encouraging, protecting, blessing. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you know, we'll, we can go through a hard time, man, and we'll go to church and we'll either have just the right conversation or we'll hear just the right point from the me- message uh, or we'll hear even just the right song sometimes uh, just lifts our spirits and, and encourages our hearts. And we walk out of the church service uh, and we dr- get in our cars and we drive home and we think, that's just what I needed. That's just what I needed. Have you ever been sitting there in church listening to a sermon and... Um, the pastor made a point sort of on a sidebar mm-hmm. chasing a rabbit. Yes. And he hit it real quick and moved on. And the Lord used that to bring about conviction or change Amen. or encouragement yeah. in your life. And sometimes that's not even in his notes, right? He's yeah. just 
It's just a thought that comes into his mind. I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to him, and he knew that we needed it. And at that moment, he says it, and, I, and, and we think, ah, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I heard a pastor use an illustration once. He said he was preaching out, and after the service, a man walked up to him and shook his hand and said, Pastor, it was a great sermon. You were half a page off. And he said, I was half a page off. What do you mean? He said, well, you were going over some verses on the left side of the page, and my, mind, my, my eyes wandered to the right side of the page, and there was a verse there God used in my life tremendously oh, that you didn't even preach on. And that's something. Pastor, you were just half a page off for what I needed tonight. And that's something. But God used that. Had he yes. not been there, he wouldn't have even seen that verse. That's incredible. That's it, incredible. It, it, just the layer of protection yeah. that's put around us. I wonder where I would be as a Christian if I had been saved but didn't have a church to ground yeah. me, to grow me, yeah. uh, to help me become uh, what I am today. And notice something. That man, in that illustration you just gave, that man, had he not gone to church... Had he not heard that sermon, more than likely, he never would have been led to look at the other page, right? He wouldn't mm -hmm. have seen it because he wasn't in the place of blessing. Uh, you mentioned a good point here. I, I'll say this with reference to myself and my personal uh, testimony. Uh, I've said this many times before, and I'll say this till the day I die. If it were not for God, the Word of God, and church, there's no doubt in my mind that my wife and I, would not still be together. And I say that hum, very humbly. I, I think, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a tremendous statement. Uh, and it's almost an embarrassing statement, but it's also a God-honoring statement. Amen. Because he has... what church has done to protect you in your it life. It has protected us. Yeah. It has helped us. It has blessed us. Uh, we have been through so many storms and so many valleys, and almost 100% of the time we go to church or we talk to a church member or a church attender or someone that's connected with the church and they mention a verse, they mention a, a principle from the Word of God, we hear something preached, whatever the case may be, and it helps us. It blesses us. It encourages us. And it helps us to continue to move forward. And I want to say to all of you who are out there uh, who might be having some marital struggles, listen, uh, we don't have perfect marriages because perfect marriages don't exist. Uh, and we, Trina and I, have had our, our share of struggles. Pastor has mentioned him and Miss Angela's share of struggles. Uh, it's two human beings trying to uh, live this life together. It's not easy. It's hard. We need God. We need his word, and we need the fellowship of his people. Uh, it helps us in that way. It protects us. There's one here I, I failed to put down, but I, I want to throw in here real quick. Another P yeah. uh, that is uh, the biblical reason for church, and that's preparation. Uh, we are all going to give account to God one day yeah. for our life. And that judgment seat, that, that, um, that Bemis seat, Amen. where we give account to God for how we lived our life, <clears throat> church is meant to prepare us for that day. Yeah. I know when I was a senior in high school, I took the big college placement test. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father put me through all sorts of mental exercises to prepare me. He's an educator to prepare yep. me for yep. that test to help me do as well on it as possible. I think about Olympic athletes who will spend 15, 16, sometimes 20 years preparing for those Olympics mm -hmm. uh, that they're going to go and be a part of. And every day they get up and practice. They practice. They're, they're perfecting their craft, their art, yeah. for that one event, that one moment. And every time you get up and come to church, every time that you open your Bible and read it, every time you listen to a Bible sermon... It's meant to prepare you for that day that you're going to stand before God and give an account for your Amen. life. 
And along, along with that same thought line, uh, line of thinking is this life here is to prepare us not only for the judgment, but also for our eternity with God. That's right. Right? This is just preparation for that ultimate destiny of walking and fellowshipping with God and worshiping God for all of eternity. Uh, this is, uh, to us, it's a long period of time, but it's really just, uh, just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the beginning. This is the preparation. Uh, that we sing the song, this world is not my home, right? I- I'm just passing through. We're just pilgrims here. Uh, we're preparing for eternity. And so church helps us to do that. Uh, the last one we have here, Pastor, uh, I kind of uh, joked with you a little bit when we were, when we were preparing for this. Uh, we have the perpetual promise, the provision and the protection, and, of course, uh, the preparation. Uh, and then lastly, we have procreation. Procreation. Anytime I hear or say that word, I, I get a little, uh, uh, I start to get, blush a little bit. Because <laughs> procreation, obviously, we know um, uh, that's a reference to as far as the husband and wife uh, having children in the process that, that, that happens. Uh, when it comes to church, procreation it doesn't mean having physical children per se, uh, but it means reproducing spiritually, uh, spiritually reproducing yeah. more Christians. Uh, and uh, Proverbs tells us that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. And so we that are Christians should be reproducing more Christians. That's right. Amen? So we, we're, we're given the church not to be a social club. Yeah, amen. And, and I feel maybe uh, if someone was going to critique our time here this morning, the one critique would be we, we, we're out of balance mm-hmm. with this being a social yeah. A, a social hour. And it's so important to understand that the church is a salvation station. Amen. Uh, it is both a refuge and it's a lighthouse. That's right. And we are to go out into the community and reach the lost. Amen. And uh, my prayer is that when we get back and everything's closer to normal, we'll be able to have that launching out, that launching into a greater effort to reach the lost in the community and help them. Be mindful right now, people. Be mindful because uh, people are hungry for truth. They're yeah. hungry for help. And we must make sure we do, we're doing our part uh, to help the lost around us. I, I mentioned the two ladies in the line at Walmart. Mm-hmm. I was able to give them the gospel. We were in line for 35 minutes together. Mm-hmm. I was able to give them the gospel, leave them in the gospel track, and show them where the sinner's prayer was. I have no doubt they understood. They weren't ready to receive at that moment. Uh, but be mindful. When you have a long line, you can roll your eyes at it and say, I can't believe I have to wait in this line and stand six feet apart and wear a mask and all the things that are going on, God may be putting you in that line so that you can reproduce yourself Amen. in someone Amen. else with the gospel. Amen. So. And we're almost out of time here, but I want to throw this in here real quickly. We talked about the importance of church and the reasons for church, the importance of going to church. One of the biggest reasons that God leaves us on planet Earth after we get saved is to reach other people. That's really the only reason, yeah. if we're honest. I mean, tr- at the end of the day, if we're preparing for eternity, what better way to prepare than to take as many people there That's with right. us as we possibly can? And so let's make sure church is not just a social gathering place. Uh, and Pastor and I have seen this. We've seen this in church members where it's just a social club. It's just a social club. Listen, if that's the only reason you come, okay, we're glad you're here. We want you to come. But let's not just remain that way. Amen. Uh, let's let the Word of God, the Spirit of God, change us and conform us into the image of God more each and every day and become better Christians as a result uh, and, and be, you know, procreate. 
you know, be, be willing to procreate ourselves and other human beings and reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We'll be getting the service up and going in 13 minutes. If you have an idea for a topic or you have questions you'd like Pastor Morales and I to answer next week, please send that in the form of an email or a text. If you have our number, you can text us. Otherwise, email us at mail at whiteoakbc.org. B is in boy or Baptist. Whiteoakbc.org, and we'd be happy to field that and consider your thought. All right, we hope to see you at our regular service in now, now in 12 minutes. Thanks.